Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is Ia Mawia at Fish Heads and Red Gravy, the podcast where we explore all things occult, metaphysical, culturally relevant, and indigenously spiritual. With this podcast, I hope to examine the ways in which marginalized people create a world of beauty out of colonized trauma. And once again, I'd like to listen to our computer-generated applause. Of course, we love fish heads and red gravy. And this is episode eight. And I call it letting the right one in. All right. First, I want to begin by saying, yes, today is Tuesday, March 23rd. And our moon is entering into Leo at 5.56 p.m. today. Now, remember, the void phase, that phase where we do not want to do any type of magical workings because sometimes it has a tendency to turn out in a way in which we are not desiring. I don't want to say negative, right? But a manner in which we are not working towards, okay? So that void phase happened at 11.26 a.m., right? You know, and so right now we're going to be entering at 5.56 p.m. today, we're going to be entering into Leo. And Leo, let's talk about Leo. Well, the energy of Leo is about drawing emphasis to the self, to central ideas or institutions, away from connections with others and emotional needs. Drawing into the self, you know, really focusing in on the self. And Tuesday is a Mars day, right? It's full of passion and courage, aggression and protection. So that aggressive nature, we could use that to protect ourselves. So that's today. Tuesday's colors are usually associated with red, white, black, gray, maroon, and scarlet. So when you think about doing magic today under the guise of Leo, Think about drawing emphasis into yourself, your emotional needs, what you need. And that falls so in line with letting the right one in, episode eight. And our cards for today were the ace of cups in the next world tarot and the nine of cups in the true heart intuitive tarot. And like I said, I know I don't always pull, you know, two cards together. But this time, last time it felt really good to do the world and the devil card. So this time it felt really good to do the ace of cups and the nine of cups, right? The two cups falling together, right? Spiritually. So when I think about both of them, I think about boundaries. The ace of cups is about boundaries in that next world tarot. And that card, there was a lotus flower blossom full within the center and other flowers around the sides of it. Okay. And so that is all about how we create that sacred space for ourselves, you know, and in creating that sacred space for ourselves, when we do create those boundaries, we protect our bound, we protect ourselves through the use of boundaries and we solidify our path to emotional, spiritual, financial, professional, personal abundance. And that's what we're working towards. Right. An abundance of things, abundance of good things. Great things happen. Remember this quote, great things happen when we embrace our truth and our authenticity. And the only way to embrace our truth and authenticity is by allowing ourselves the right to create boundaries. Let the right one in. A movie. I love that movie, right? Swedish film. Look at the Swedish version. If you can watch the American version too, but I prefer the Swedish version. I think that when we think about horror, for me, because um, it's considered horror, horror genre, 
um, looking at foreign films brings out so much more, right? They really deal with not just the psychological um, fear zone. You know, they try to deal with the psychological, they try to deal with the emotional, the socioeconomic, you know, all of these areas, right, that really create a sense of horror for us. You know, not having money, right, being considered an outcast, all those things are really horrific, even without the gore. It is a vampire movie, right? I wanted I want to state that it is, but it deals with bullying, it deals with hormones, it deals with puberty, it deals with sexual identity, friendship, and trust as we learn how to create boundaries and live with the and live within those great and not so great parts of our soul space. We choose people you know, and hopefully these people help accentuate who we are and not so much try to alter who we are or trying to become. So it is a movie about prepubescent teens, uh, prepubescent individuals, right? They're not quite teenagers yet. I think the the main character is maybe 12. I don't want to give too much about the movie because that is part of my prescription to look at that movie. But there's another movie that I'm going to mention. And then there's another part to the prescription. So it's kind of like a three-parter. Okay, maybe how you look at it, it could be a full parter. I don't know. But anyhow, when you when you look at the movie, don't think so much about the whole issue of vampirism. You know, it's not the Bella Lugosi, you know, I just want to suck your blood. I'm so sexy. You're so sexy type of vampire movie. Right. It's not that. It is a movie that really, really delves into, um, you know, how we see ourselves, how we present ourselves to the world. And think about this quote when you watch the movie, right? Our destinies are determined by who or what we let into our lives. And when I talk about destiny, I'm not always thinking about 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now. I'm thinking about 5, 10, 15, 20 seconds from right now, right? Those are the things that I'm thinking about in terms of our destiny. And we have to think about it in that way. You know, what happens in the next few seconds is is a part of our destiny and can determine how our day goes. You know, how we if we if we're dealing with a coworker who may not be, you know, of our same mindset or even in the realm of our mindset, somebody who really sparks anger in us or really challenges us to stand firm in our own truth, then, you know, that could affect how our day goes. It could go very positive for us and it might go, you know, the other way. So we want to think about that. So the movie does um, have some different um, ideas in it in terms of um, looking at it and not just horror, right? The vampire is a boy and I don't want to give away too much, but who was castrated, right? Um, it deals with pedophilia. You know, it deals with the identity of the individual, the other young man who is not, you know, a vampire, but who comes to um, assume the role as sort of a caretaker, right, for the vampire, who is dealing with his, her own issues, right? So that theme of transgender is also there as well. So like I say, when I think about creating boundaries. When I think about the Ace of Cups in the next World Tarot, I think about how those boundaries can serve us in terms of helping us to better see ourselves and to better envision a future that we would like to have for ourselves. Because sometimes it's hard, right, 
to think about focusing on ourselves when we're dealing with so much outside of ourselves. Um, a story, I like to give a true story. So a story that helped me to deal with boundaries and think about boundaries in this way. Um, but before I get to that, I want to talk about abundance. So the nine of cups is always seen as abundance and true and Rachel and Rachel True's deck. You know, you have this beautiful woman, you know, this beautiful colored girl, colored gal, and she's there. Right. And she has the nine cups. Right. And so she has this stance of, you know, that, you know, come on, world, you know, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready for, you know, all great things that are coming. And a lot of times when people think about abundance, they only stick with the financial of it all. Right. And they rarely think about abundance can be that you need more time to do the things that you would like to do in life, you know, or, you know, um, you know, and that could be time, more time with exercise, more spending more time with your family, more me time. You know, I like to read. I, I saw a sister post on Instagram turning 51. You know, her thing to do at that time was to eat some donuts, drink some wine and and watch Sling TV. Right. And that was her abundant moment you know, according to her. And so that's what I would like to think about, you know, protecting our boundaries, solidifying our path, like I said earlier, to emotional, spiritual, financial, professional, and personal happiness, right? Our truth, right? Understanding what our truth is, embracing our truth and our authenticity. So a true story. An evangelical co-worker, um, saw heard myself and another individual discussing the fact that this individual's niece is a lesbian and my, my daughter right my youngest daughter came out in her in her junior year of high school you guys heard me say that she's a now a freshman in college and you know it was no big deal right no big deal cuz that's how my family is right so eclectic right we all just embraced her and loved her and said we don't care you know we don't care we, we you know we just want you to be in a stable happy you know relationship where there is equal opportunity for individuals to grow right and so we were talking about that and she was talking about how her niece um needed you know that kind of you know, welcoming, right? And she didn't get that kind of welcoming except from her. Well, this evangelical co-worker, you know, she waited till I left because, of course, you know, I, everybody knows at my job that I'm not a Christian, right? Because they ask, right? It, which is shouldn't be a thing that you ask, but they did ask. And um, no, I'm not. And so then it's, you know, the next thing is, are you Muslim? No, I'm not. Or are you Jewish? No, I'm not. So then it's like, oh, my God. You know, you must be, and I'm not atheist is what I offered up, right? But I am something. And, you know, and it's one of those things for me, it's like more of a tongue-in-cheek trolling kind of thing, you know, because it's like, okay, whatever, you know? So it's like, well, you must be something, you know? And it must be something way outside of the realm of what we are, and so we don't want to even deal with that. Well, so she waited till I left. And so she started talking to this person about, um, you know, having a lesbian niece and, you know, the kind of hell she was going to incur upon herself, you know, by association, you know, guilt by association type thing. If she did not stop, um, you know, letting it be known that she supported this type of behavior is what she thought, you know, and there are places, according to her, that, um, you know, that can deal with this type of type of situation. And she should investigate those type of places that could help, you know, cure this for her niece. And then they could have, you know, a happy family, right? The great American family. Well, this 
individual, you know, later on that day, she came to talk to me, you know, pull me aside. And she was, she looked like she had been crying, right? She wasn't crying in front of me, but I could tell by her eyes, you know, and, um, you know, we got into the conversation about, you know, how she, you know, feels like she can't, you know, say her say to this woman because this woman is a preacher's wife and she is evangelical. And, um, you know, just the fact that, um, she wants to defend her niece. She feels that it's right to defend her niece. But at the same time, you know, she is fearful of of this sky God, you know, and the, the wrath that she will incur by being, you know, um, by confronting this woman, you know, who is in this power position as as she as she sees it, not me. Right. Because she sees it over her, you know, even though she has said to me several times that, you know, she doesn't go to church anymore. She doesn't really believe in that. But, you know, she still feels this this attachment, you know, to individuals who have this sort of um, seniority, as she as she said it over her life and over, you know, spiritual realms. Right. And so I talked to her about boundaries. You know, you love your niece more than you fear this woman, right? You know, and it took her maybe about 10 seconds. And then she said, of course, yeah, why wouldn't I? You know, I've, I've known my niece, you know, I've known my my niece's family, you know, I've known her longer than I've known this woman. And so I say to her, you know, well, then think about what you need to do before you, you know, because we have, you know, she has, she, she sees this woman quite often. She has to go to meetings with her. I said, well, then, you know, think about what you need to do to sort of get yourself in the mood, you know, gas yourself up, so to speak, to, you know, have an interaction with her because there is no um, running away from interactions with this woman. You're going to have interactions with this woman. You know, naturally, you know, I would say if it were a kid or somebody, you know, you know, delete that person or, you know, you know, block them. You know, we're talking about Internet trolls and things like that. But this is, you know, this is her real life and she can't she can't block her, you know. And so we talked about how she would set boundaries, things that she would do before she got to meet this woman or before she went to meetings with this woman, you know, and she was talking about, you know, how carrying around an image of her great aunt, you know, who was somebody who was strong willed, who did her own thing, you know, who people said, oh, we think she's a lesbian because she felt like she didn't need to get married, you know, to have somebody over her. She could make her own way. And I think she said she owned a restaurant and she she did. She made her own way. And she thought that, you know, carrying that with her, you know, empowered her to feel like she could have her say or, you know, at least if not have her say to feel that she was blocking out. She could block out, easily block out whatever this woman, you know, was tossing at her. Now, you know, that's her thing. You know, that's not the way that that I would handle it. Right. But I don't have those hang ups with um feeling that other systems or other people are over me. You know, I've long since, you know, um, stopped going to the Christian church and I've long since, you know, um, excluded the Christian sky God out of my, you know, life system. So I don't feel that I need to, you know, um, be, just, I don't feel that I need to internalize what somebody else is throwing at me on the basis of that, you know? And so, we talked about what she needs to do. So she started doing that. And she said it made her feel really good. And she said she had a dream. She actually had a dream after carrying that image around of her, of her great aunt for a week. She actually had a dream about her, um, 
you know, about her great aunt and her great aunt telling her to, you know, to stand up for the girl. You know, all you need to do is do it once, do it well, and you won't ever have a problem with, with her, with that individual again. You know, and so she said she hadn't done it yet. Right. But she said that she felt like she knows exactly what she's going to say. Now, she said she's not going to go and, you know, look for the lady and start a conversation about it. But, you know, she feels that when it comes up again and she feels that it will, because this individual likes to, you know, prod and, you know, see how she can drop her biblical verses off into your life. Right. And, you know, missionary style. And so she says that when it does, she knows exactly what she's going to do you know, and how she's going to handle it, you know, boundaries, right? We're back to boundaries, setting boundaries, right? Great things happen when I embrace my truth and authenticity, okay? You do not have to put up with somebody else's bullshit, right, to survive, okay? If it's if it's affecting you to the point where you feel emotionally unstable, where you feel physically, you know, you're, you're sweating, you're, you know, you every time you see them, you're like, you're, you're, you're in fear, fear mode, then you need to handle it. You need to find ways to set boundaries. Because once you do that, then you allow the abundance to come into your life. You, you know what I'm saying? You know, her carrying that image of her, of her aunt around with her, allowed her to finally feel like she was supported, you know, just like she feels she's supporting her niece, you know, by going to um, rallies with her and helping her to find ways that she wants to dress that are not as quote unquote to her and he's like, I don't want to dress like a girly girl, you know, I'm more of this, you know, and so supporting her, supporting the, the ideas that she had, you know, when she decided that she met a girlfriend and she wanted to share it with somebody, she shared it with her. So things like that is what I'm talking about. Those kind of things allow abundance into her life. And she allows by her allowing the abundance into her life, she can allow that abundance to flow into her niece's life where she can feel like she has somebody, you know, on her team or on her side. So that was one movie, like I said, that was one. And then the other movie that I saw that for me was about abundance more than like let the right one in. It was about those boundaries, right? I want you to watch that one. But another one was Gretel and Hansel, right? We, then remember I talked about fairy tales, right? Well, Hansel and Gretel, we didn't. We, it's not that way. It's called Gretel and Hansel. And it is about, for me, it was about embracing truth, right? The girl embracing the fact that she is a witch, right? Right. But how do you use that? We can choose to become lifelong victims or lifelong saviors of our own story, right? Lifelong saviors writing our own story. We can choose to be victims, I'll say it again, or lifelong saviors within our own story, okay? Saving ourselves is what I'm speaking about. Saving ourselves, right? And this movie, and I'm not going to give too much about this one either because I want you to watch it. This movie took a total twist on um, the story of Hansel and Gretel because it's in the title alone. It's called Gretel and Hansel, Gretel and Hansel. Right. And so some people label it under feminist horror. Right. Just because it is so. um in opposition, we see so much more, you know, we delve deeper into, you know, the ideas of women, you know, older women, younger women, what it means to be seen totally right as this crone and what it means to be seen as this maiden and what it means to will great power, 
right? Because not all women, you know, the whole idea or the whole patriarchal view of women is that if women have power, oh my God, they're going to go crazy because they have these cycles and they don't know what to do with it. And, you know, but, you know, we're always see these movies with these men with their finger right close to the button of nuclear war, but they're supposed to be so knowledgeable on how to handle it correctly, right? And we're so weak-minded. But this movie didn't take that turn, right? It didn't do that. You know, it went more into what it means to deal with your power, to nurture your power and to have choices how to nurture your power. And that's what any spiritual system should be about. Right. Because there are spiritual people in all systems. Right. We all have an origin story. Right. So to speak. And and there are people who do the right thing for themselves and only themselves and people who try to do the right thing and, and impact the community. And this movie is so about that, doing what is right for self versus doing what is right for the community. Boundaries and abundance. I want you to think about that for the next week. The Ace of Cups is totally about those boundaries and that abundance. The ritual that I have. Step one, masturbation. Have a great orgasm. That's the first thing you need to do. Focus on achieving a goal while you're, while you're working it out with your masturbation, right? Um, and that is, you know, and what I like to think about is putting that goal on your lover's chest, on their back, on their ass, wherever you want to put it, on their dick, vagina, wherever you want to put it. Have that goal word there. You know, if it's releasing you from fear, if it's happy, I don't know, it could be one word, it could be a phrase, but envision that goal or that phrase wherever you want to put it on their body. Just put it there. Um, Get into the groove. Establish a happy release, right? Make sure it's a happy release. Step two, of course, clean up. Um, Get ready to use water, chalk, eggs, cornmeal, whatever you want to do, because now we're about to... Do some work, right? Wine, juice, create a circle around. You can even use your finger, right? The dominant hand, your index finger of your dominant hand. Petition the universe to keep the undesirable people and places and situations away from your conscious and subconscious spaces. Call upon the guardians as you make this circle. You're making a circle around you and you're moving first towards your right, the east, right? And the elements of air, you're calling upon the guardians of the east and the elements of air. You're welcoming them to your sacred circle. Then you're going to do the same thing with the south. You're calling upon the south as you move towards the back of you, right? The elements of the south, the guardians of the south, the element of fire. You're welcoming those guardians to your sacred circle. Then you turn right to your left and you're calling upon the guardians of the west and the element of water. You're welcoming those guardians to your sacred circle. And then you're calling in front of you the north, right? The guardians of the north, the element of earth. At this point, keep thanking while invoking the universal spirits of your lineage. Thank them. Thank them constantly, right? You're, you're, and, and you're thank, after you call upon the guardians of the north, then you begin to thank the universal spirits while you're still facing in that in that northern position right in front of you. Ask the guardians and your ancestors to help you set boundaries to keep away pain. And then I like to draw a pentagram in the air. Now, you could draw whatever symbol makes you happy in the air, right? 
You could draw a circle. You could draw, I mean, whatever you, whatever symbol you want to draw. You might just write out the phrase, right, or the words, happy, or whatever that phrase was that you saw in your lover while you were masturbating in that first step. Whatever it is, you do it to use it as a call to action. You can even use adinkra symbols, right, to do that. Whatever symbol, but draw something in the air, a phrase, a symbol that me, that gives you great power, that gives you an uplift. Then I want you to light a charcoal disc, right? Place dragon's blood resin on top of that disc, put it inside of a cauldron, allow it to burn slowly, then rotate counterclockwise to absorb the energy of healing and truth, right? And then clockwise to release trauma, fear, and guilt. If inside the space where lighting the incense is not applicable, if you're inside of a space where you can't do the lit incense because of, you know, the it'll, the smoke will, you know, signal the fire alarm or something like that, then you, you can spritz the air with rose water, right? You can even use regular water to spritz the air. Just bless it. Say your petition over the regular water, and that's your blessing to it. That makes it holy, right? Be be consistent and genuine in what you say into the water, and then it becomes holy water, right? Spritz or you, so you spritz around you in the circle, right? Spritz or incense around yourself. Go down from and then go down from the base, from your feet all the way up to your crown, right? Sort of like you're taking a bath in it, cleaning, cleansing yourself with it. Count backwards. This is the important part. I want you to count backwards from 100. All the way to zero. Tell yourself that by the time you reach zero, you will have the wherewithal to transform your day and create the sacred self-worth owed to you. Then you close the circle by blowing kisses to the four directions that you've beckoned into that space and ask them for permission to to safely cross the threshold into a world that is now controlled by your will and yours alone. Nobody else owns your world or how you envision your world to be. End it by listening to your favorite Get Hype song and then go out into the world and do your thing. Okay? Do your thing. And you can do this daily. You know, when you wake up in the morning, if you feel more comfortable doing it at home, you could do it if you have a workspace and you want to do it inside your workspace. If you get there before anybody else does, I mean, however you want to do it, you can do this. Right. And it allows you to feel that you are finally embracing your truth and embracing your authenticity. This is your story. Nobody else has a right to write your story the way that they want to write it or to make you feel as though you should be um, uncomfortable. With, with, with delivering your story or delivering your truth, boundaries and abundance, the ace of cups from the next world tarot and the nine of cups from the true heart intuitive tarot. Until next time, I love you. I love you. I love you. And please handle your shit. Hi, darlings. This is EMI Wheel with an amazing opportunity for you to support the podcast, Fish Heads and Ray Gravy. By donating whatever monetary contribution you see fit, know that a portion of your funding will go towards fostering tarot decks by emerging creators of color. Another portion will go towards purchasing books featuring colored characters in all their radiance. These books will then be donated to underserved elementary school libraries. Donations can be made via PayPal by using all lowercase mawea at bellsouth.net. 
That's M-A-W-I-Y-A-H at BellSouth.net or to my cash app, dollar sign, uppercase M, rest, the rest is a lowercase, A-W-I-Y-A-H-1971. That's dollar sign, Mawia1971. Remember, only the M is capitalized. Another caveat patrons can indulge in is the chance to receive a free Black Mirror scrying session. Two sessions will be given out each month. The eligibility requirements are that you must have donated to the podcast and then send me an email to mawia at bellsouth.net with the word Kubion in the subject area. Kubion spell C-O-U-B-I-O-N. The body of the email should contain the cash contribution site you used along with your name, date of birth, phone number, and three questions to be addressed during the mirror session. The amount of money you contributed is not necessary. All emails must be sent on the 9th of each month, not before, and the window closes at 9 p.m. also on the 9th. You will be notified on the 10th if you are a winner. Only the first two people who email me meeting the full criteria will be named winners. I hope you participate and many blessings.